The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. All right, let's have our seats. Please just come together. Welcome your neighbor to your left and to your right. And ask them, how has your day been? How has your week been? Please help me commend your neighbor and compliment your neighbor. You're looking good. You're looking beautiful. And those of you that are connected online, we trust it is well with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want us to, um, I would like to remind us of something very powerful tonight that God just dropped on my heart. Um, and let me start from the book of Jude. And we're just going to do this tonight and we trust God for the results and the fruits in our lives. Jude chapter 1 um, from verse 3. Let's just pray one more time. Father, send your word to us tonight. Help us to hear, help us to understand, and help us to walk in the fullness of what we have in the name of Jesus. Jude 1 Verse 3 says, Beloved, when I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. Somebody shout, our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Glory be to God. So Jude was here exhorting the believers that, look, what God has given us, and we can take this up from what we've been talking about leading to Easter week and all through Easter week, there's a place to contend for it by faith. You, you have to, like Apostle Paul said, fight the fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. It has been given to us, it has been provided for us, and it was provided for us through the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary's cross, through his favor, the free gift of God, but we also now have a responsibility. We can't have an attitude of, okay, God has provided it for us, and then we can relax about it, or we can be lackadaisical about it or we can be ignorant about it, we will not benefit from it that way. It says we need to contend for it. You, you, you fight the fight of faith for it. And the picture there, particularly if you read on, it was talking about the fact that the enemy is going to try to bring many obstacles your way. He could not stop God from achieving what God achieved on the cross, and the next best thing now is to hinder the people that what God has provided for them, they are not able to take advantage of it. Thank God the enemy has failed in Jesus' name. But then he pointed out something very powerful again. In us contending for the faith, in us laying hold of what God has given us, it's important to realize that it's a common salvation. Glory be to God. It's a common thing. God did not give it to one individual person per se. He provided it 
for the entire church. It's like what Apostle Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read that text as well. Ephesians chapter, chapter 4. Hallelujah. No, chapter 2, sorry. Glory, glory be to God. He said here, let me start reading from verse 11. The same thing, just similar to what Jude said there. Therefore, Ephesians 2, 11, remember that you were once Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. Watch this. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Commonwealth of Israel. It's a common wealth. It's a common salvation. And what God had in mind when he provided what he provided, he provided it for the entire body. The body of Christ. Listen to something powerful he also said here in Ephesians chapter 1, the latter part of chapter 1. Let me start reading from verse 21 because of time. Far above all principalities, talking about how God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. Verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Hallelujah. The fullness of him that fills all in all. The common salvation that God provided, the common wealth that God has supplied us, it was given to the church, to the body. It was a collective thing. And God wanted collectivity. He wanted us to do it together. Please follow me very carefully tonight. This is very, very interesting. And one of the things this is pointing out to us is that we are able to maximize the salvation that God has provided us, the common wealth that God has provided us, any promise you can think about, whether it's deliverance or protection, anything that God has provided for us by his grace through the cross of Jesus, we are able to maximize it when we do it together. When we walk together. When we understand the place that we are to bear one another's burdens. Christianity works better when believers do it together like a body. That's why prayer is more powerful when we pray together. Worship is stronger when we worship together. Even when we sow and when we reap, it's more impactful and more effective when we do it together than one person doing his own thing here, another person doing their own thing there, or just a few people. That's why God is against cliques in the church. And the devil understands this. In fact, if you read the epistle of Jude, what Jude was trying to tell them was that the devil is doing the best he can to sow division among you. And what did Jesus say? A house divided against itself with four. When the disciples came together, they were being persecuted in the book of Acts. And the Bible said they came together and they prayed. Hallelujah. They came together and they prayed. 
and the place where they were praying was shaking. If they had all gone to their individual houses after that persecution and the problem that they had, and they had prayed individually, they will never have generated the kind of power they generated when they came together and prayed together. When believers do things together, we are stronger together, we are better together, we are more effective together, hallelujah. Because it was a common salvation. What God wants among every group of believers is for them to learn to do things together, walking together in unity. Let, let me read that text as well. I think that also explains it. That's the one I wanted to read from Ephesians chapter 4. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Somebody say common salvation. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, let's pick up the reading from verse 14. Please pay attention and listen very, very well. See, when we, and we, we started doing something, and I want us to be doing it, I, I told the pastors, we want to be praying about 30 minutes together every midweek service. Every midweek service. And I noticed this even tonight as we started praying, as more and more people joined, and as kept, the, 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 the atmosphere just kept getting, I don't know whether you felt it as well, higher and higher. We are more effective, we are stronger when we do things together. Ephesians 4 from verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And by the way, that is Satan behind all that. This trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of the people, is Satan at work, walking through men. And what he's trying to do is to bring about division so that he can limit the effect and the impact of what God has given to us. But he said, no, we shouldn't be like that anymore. He said, if you operate like that, you are like children. What are you supposed to do? Verse 15, speaking the truth in love. What does it mean when he says we are children? Before we read on, it means you've not yet matured in your understanding. Please hear me and hear me very well. Or now you can maximize what has been given to you. The child does not have a lesser inheritance than the matured son. He doesn't have a cheaper inheritance than the matured son. It's the same inheritance. The inheritance has not changed. What has happened to the matured son? He has now grown to a place where the same inheritance, in fact, the moment he was conceived, even before he was born, he was still the heir. But he has now come to a place where he can now begin to take advantage fully of what he has always had. Praise God. And that's what God wants for us. To mature. So that we can walk in the fullness of what we have. But one way we can mature is what Paul was teaching them here. This is what true Christian maturity is. Glory be to God. Verse 15 again. How, how do you mature? Are we just talking about you growing up in age? So when you are 20 and you now became 30 or 40 and now more mature. No, that's not it. Look at what he talked about here. Speaking the truth in love. We may grow up in all things into him who is the head, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what each joint supplies. Hallelujah. 
In other words, we are now beginning to operate together. Praying together. Worshipping together. Serving together. Bringing what everybody can bring. Just trying to perfect unity. Glory be to God. What each joint together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. It's effective. It's productive. It brings better results when each part does its share. Working by which, um, working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. He's telling them here, or he's telling us here rather, you, you mature, and in that process, you are better off, you are stronger, you are richer, you are, everything gets better when you begin to do things together. Are you hearing me tonight? And Jude was saying, strive for that. Contend for that. Don't let the enemy break you into little, little pieces. Now, on a level, you are, not, you are never going to, there's, there's no perfect church. So I'm not talking about perfection here. You will never get a, no matter how, even Jesus in his church, <laughs> there were splinters of trouble here and there. But if you look at what they did in the book of Acts, and it was based on the kind of teachings and maturity that Jesus had deposited in them, they understood the place of them doing things together. The, all through the book of Acts. Yes, some people left. After Jesus died, some people left. I, I, if you read the book of Corinthians, you'll find out that when Jesus resurrected, he spoke to about 500 plus believers. And he told them to wait for the Holy Ghost. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, there were just 120. But that 120 was together. Hallelujah. That 120 was together. And they understood that if we pray together, if we worship together, if we do this thing God has called us to do together, we'll be more effective. So God is not... Or the Bible is not trying to teach us or tell us about perfection. Where hey, the whole church, we're able. No, that's not what he's saying. We will love that. <laughs> Amen. And that's the growth he's talking about. As we continue to grow and we are adding more and more people to the core of people that are learning the place of doing things together, we'll be more effective. But even if it's just a small group that understands the place of togetherness, hallelujah. We will get more results. Listen to what Jesus said here. And let me tell you how low it can come. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. So this stronger together is not about, hey, we must get all the 1,000 people in the church together. Not necessarily. That would be excellent. <laughs> Praise God. But that's not the point. The point is, however few we are, or however many we are, what is significant and what is important is that we understand that we do things together. One will chase a thousand. Two will chase ten thousand. When that two walk together. So I want to talk to us about this tonight. Um, those of us that are here physically, those of you that are connected 
online, when, when we pray, when we worship, we, let, let's do it with a sense of togetherness. Hallelujah. If you are here, be here. Can I hear a loud amen? If you are adding to what is going on in the church, add it very well. If you are contributing to what is being contributed, contribute it very well. It's in that togetherness, praise God, that we maximize the power that is available. Look, when I pray, and when you pray alone, it, it, it's, it's effective. But when we can do things together, whether it's two or three, whether it's 10 or 20, glory be to God, we take things up to a level where we are able to maximize all that God has provided for us. Hallelujah. So when Jesus told us, when he said, my house, you know, we, we talked about this, was it last week, when he rode into Jerusalem and he came to the temple and he saw them, they were trading, they were buying and selling, and he said, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. And he drove the buyers and sellers house. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And of course, you know, when he cleaned the house like that, many, many people left. But the people that stayed with him, in fact, if you read that story, the Bible says the children were singing as he was coming in and as he was cleaning the house, Hosanna in the highest, blessed that comes in the name of the Lord. But then some of the Pharisees and all the leaders came and said, because they were angry that he drove out, <laughs> he drove out the buyers and sellers, he spoiled market for them, praise God. So not everybody was happy. But he had enough clique that understood what he was trying to do to get the house in shape. And the Bible said after that, they now started bringing all the sick. And he healed all of them all. Be at first, when they were just trading and marketing, everything was upside down. But when he came and he cleansed the house and he gave them right focus, and they were able to start doing things together, the power of God hit that place. Glory be to God. And all of a sudden, no manner of miracles started happening. They brought the sick from everywhere. That's the power of togetherness. It's like it exponentially multiplies the results we can get. And that's going to be our testimony going forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands where you are. Say, say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for understanding. And thank you for multiplication. We're doing things together with my brethren is concerned. Thank you, Father, that as we pray together, as we worship together, as we serve together, with this understanding, our results go to another level in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to say this to us. Every time we have an opportunity to connect with other brethren in church, whether it's a morning prayer meeting or midweek service like this, online or on-site, whether it's Sunday service or anything, come with that understanding that we are stronger together. We are better together. We multiply the results we experience together. Look at Psalm 133. Psalm 123. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. When brethren come together 
You see, it doesn't mean that they are perfect. It doesn't mean that they all understand the same thing or they are all on the same page. It just simply means they come together with this understanding that when we pursue our common salvation together, we get better results. That's what he's trying to challenge them here. How beautiful or how, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Watch what happens. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edges of his garments. Now listen, that anointing has always been there. The anointing that is now flowing, it has always been there. It's already available to the church. But that connectivity that the brethren brought together, hallelujah, it's what makes the difference. Are you hearing me tonight? It's like the oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edges of his garments. It's like the dew of Hammon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Hallelujah. Even life forevermore. So the commandment of the blessing is there. That, the example of dew falling from the top of the mountain and um, dew falling upon the mountains and this picture of oil flowing is trying to tell you that the supply is there, but by them coming together and activating things together, they allow it to flow. It's not because brethren came to pray together that God now blessed them. Are you hearing me tonight? The blessing was there. Glory be to God. And please understand what he's trying to teach here. He's talking about us multiplying our results, getting better results. I can pray alone and believe for myself and get results. And that is scriptural. There's nothing wrong with that. But I should also understand that when I do it together with my brethren in unity, we get greater results. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We get exponential results. And many times among Christians, people don't come with that understanding. The disciples came one time. They didn't understand this, and Jesus had to train them. In fact, the Bible said some of the mothers came and were asking Jesus, who will be at your right hand and at your left hand when we come into your kingdom? Who will be your second in command, third in command? Their focus, please hear what I'm saying tonight. Their focus was, what's going to be my position at the end of the day? Am I going to be second? Am I going to be third? Am I and Jesus shut it down. He said, no, that's not what it's about. It's not about your personal... <laughs> It's not about putting your own personal interest first. Now, does that mean that, Pastor, I should not come to service or something and believe God for something concerning maybe my marriage or my business? No, that's not what he's saying. What he's teaching you is that the best way to get the blessing of God and the power of God to flow into your marriage and to flow into your business is when you come together with brethren, you don't focus on yourself alone. You focus on unity. You focus on strengthening the body. 
you focus on contributing your own part. So we are worshiping. Somebody is worried about his, ah, the challenge I'm having at home with my wife or the problem that's going on in my business. And he's just waiting. He's not interested in the worship. He's not interested in the prayer. He just wants to get to the point where they now say, okay, we want to pray for business people. That's now when he wants to come and get a lot in his, in his service. And believers do things like that. It's like disciples telling God who's going to be number two and who's going to be number three when you come into your kingdom. That's not the way to get it. Jesus told them that the way to rise to the top is to serve other people. In other words, what you are putting forth is not just personal interest. You are trying to serve the body. That's how you are going to get to number two. He said, I can't tell you who will be number two or number three. Well, I can tell you how the kingdom works. It's not about putting personal interest first. It's about serving the body. That's the way you get to the top. So I, I, I want breakthrough in my business. I want to see healing in my marriage or my home. And I come to church. And that's a personal body. There's nothing wrong with having that. But while the worship is going on, hallelujah, we are not taking prayer points about business or family. I contribute my part. When prayer is going on, we are praying for the nation. I contribute my part. We are trying to raise a seed, maybe for the poor or something. I mean, how is it going to affect my marriage? How is it going to affect my business? I contribute my part. You will now be surprised in that kind of coming together in unity, doing things, pursuing the same common salvation. You activate something. Two days after that, you go to your office. Something you did in service when you see that has now affected your business. Something happened a few days later. You just get home. The atmosphere in your home has changed. Your home has been blessed. Because when you understand that we are better together, stronger together, you are pursuing the common good of the brethren, it now flows down, glory be to God, and blesses you personally. Let me tap your neighbor and say, God is interested in your personal affairs. God is interested in issues of your personal life. But understand that we are better together. When we pray together, we get better results. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands tonight. In fact, let's rise on our feet. I want us, let's join hands. I want us to consciously activate the power of us being together. And those of you online, you can just stretch your hands or towards the screen. Towards the screen. One will chase a thousand. Two will chase ten thousand. Where two or three are gathered together. Hallelujah. I am there in your midst. Say with me, Heavenly Father. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your grace given to us as a body of believers. And right now, Father, we press in in faith that all these things you have made available for us through the cross of Jesus, we activate them together that the blessing may flow from the head right to the heel and will touch every member of the body. You know, there was one day, please, Catch this. There was one day Moses came to God and he was complaining about the burden that was placed on him. 
in leading the church. And that he was getting frustrated and all that. And God told him, still teaching this principle. Instead of one person carrying the burden, God told him, gather 70 elders. Meet me at the tent. I will take up the spirit that is upon you and I will place it on them. And they will bear the burden with you. God has always wanted for things to be done together. Not just one person carrying everything. In fact, in creation, listen to how God said. God did not say, I am going to make man in my image and my likeness. God said, let us. The spirit that drives the church is a let us spirit. Let's do things together. We get more results. Moses was doing fine. Moses was doing great. It was a one man wonder. But it came to a point where for them to go any further, God had to multiply grace among other people. Let me tell you the part I love most in that story of Moses. And I always try to use it when we are praying in church. And that's why I believe the Spirit of God reminded me. The Bible said there were one or two elders that were not in the temple with them. They were not in the temple with them. They didn't come to the, <laughs> to the gathering. But as they prayed that prayer for God to spread grace upon the elders, the anointing hit them when they went. And they started prophesying. And in those days, if you are not Moses, you are not allowed to prophesy. And some of the people were, they were, ah, this is blasphemy. What's going on? What's going on? No. You know, when we pray and when we come to God with a spirit of unity, God does things beyond our physical gathering. That's why we can pray for members that are not even in church. We can pray for people that are going through problems, maybe at work or something, and the power of God can touch them. Somebody say exponential results. So say as we pray tonight, Father, let your grace be multiplied. Let us experience the greater dimensions of what you have made available to us as we do it together in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, let's begin to pray. And I want you to focus on the body right now. Focus on the church. Focus on the church. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.